You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Perth Property Show. I'm your host, Trent Fleskins, talking finance today. And we have one of WA's top brokers, Sam Carello from Napoleon Finance. Sam, thanks for coming in, mate. All right. Thanks for having me. Today, we are talking something really niche. It's LMI waivers. Now, a lot of people might not have ever heard of what this is about. They know what LMI is. I think a lot of people get stung with it these days because much smaller percentage of people are saving that 20% than maybe back in the day. Right, So a lot of people have heard about LMI, Lenders Mortgage Insurance, but a lot of people wouldn't have heard about waivers. And there are, interestingly, quite a few industries where this waiver can be applied to you as a client. It's all about picking the right bank. So let's get a bit of an explanation as to what that waiver is and when it applies and broadly, which banks are playing that game? Yeah, so the LMI waiver is uh, for clients in, I guess, specific uh, industries or fields. Professions? Professions, yep. So typically, it's the big four who, who like to do it, uh, along with uh, St. George Bank West. They're the main ones. So what it means is typically you need a 20% deposit to forego mortgage insurance. We have some lenders who will do a 10% deposit, no mortgage insurance, even five. I've even seen some borrow 100% of the purchase price with no mortgage insurance, which is pretty niche. Typically, the banks are looking for your medico fields, accountants as well, lawyers. I've done a physio, geologist. Uh, There are a few different areas as well. So it's always important when you're speaking to your broker, ask the question. Usually proof that we need. For example, an accountant, you'd have to be a CA or or CPA. You just need to provide your membership certificate. Some banks may also have minimum income thresholds. For example, 150,000 on the application. But when you look at the savings that you're making on on your mortgage insurance, it's definitely worthwhile. Give us some examples first up. On a half million dollar mortgage, if you're at 90%, what LMY would you be saving there? So for a half a million dollar mortgage at 90%, you're you're probably paying about nine to $10,000 in mortgage insurance. Okay. Obviously that doesn't get paid up front it gets put onto your loan so it's still it's still gone at some point in time it's money you're never going to get correct right? and you're going to pay interest pay on it, it yeah as yeah. well what about on a mill a mill it's up around twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars. so there's really a benefit there to ask the question if you have a profession where you might be a part of an association whether it's a quantity surveyor geologist any type of doctor and any correct. type of the, the, that level lawyers accountants even we said physios, right, in that Medico for ANZ, which is a really good one. Correct. Ask the question. It's just about meeting a few of those criteria. Would you say it's still a responsible lending outcome, right? If you can demonstrate that you've, you've as a broker, you've saved the client ten to twenty thousand dollars, but maybe the rate is you know point one or point two percent more than what the cheapest bank you could have found would have been with LMI. Is that not still a good outcome if over the maybe a three-year fixed rate, you can demonstrate, well, look, we might be $1,000 up or whatnot on interest over that time, but we're saving you all that LMI? What I'd say there too is the cheapest bank today is probably not going to be the cheapest bank tomorrow. They all take turns to to release, I guess, a hot rate to get that business in. But yeah, completely agree. When you look at, let's take the half a million dollar example. So you've got a $450,000 mortgage, $10,000 of mortgage insurance on top. For you to pay that off, typically, let's say it's going to take 20, 20 years, you've then paid 20 years worth of interest on $10,000. So in the end, when you look at it and you do your modelling, most often better off mm. by taking the LMI waiver. 
All right, so let's give away a few of those trade secrets as to which banks, right? Because they're not always doing all this. They have their niches. Yeah. I definitely see that, for example, ANZ, they're really big on their Medico. So if you're a doctor, if you're a physio, give Mid- us some more examples. Dentist. Mid- yeah, midwife, Mid- chiropractor. Wow. Yeah. Anyone in that level, if you're working in that industry, it might be worth even just asking your broker always because your broker should be able to negotiate a better deal. Right. Correct, yeah. To go, look, have you looked at ANZ? I'm a midwife. And if you're maybe an accountant or a lawyer or a geologist or a quantity surveyor, Westpac do great deals focusing on those professions. Correct. Yeah, Westpac, CBA as well. Uh, CBA do like the lawyers and the accountants. ANZ, NAB, NAB do it as well. Not as not as common. They more focus on the, the medical side. And then, yeah, likes of Bank West and St. George they also um, have a look at it. So it is those big four. I guess they've got the book size to be able to write the risk off. Mm. I mean, what the banks are doing here is they're probably more back in the client than they are the numbers, which is great to see. I mean, back in the old days, if you wanted a loan, you'd take your bank manager out for lunch and they'd make a call then and there, whether or not I'm going to... of red. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's, you know, buy them a nice lunch and got your new home. So with these guys, they're, they're back in the client. So... Typically, good employment prospects. If you're a doctor over in WA, you can probably get a job over east. So good employment prospects, stable employment, and usually these guys earn pretty good coin as well. Yeah, so even if you do have these criteria, a lot of the time that's not a problem in you know, in terms of minimum $150,000 a year as a doctor. Correct, you know, Those yeah. sort of things, they come hand in hand, uh, fortunately, for the doctors in our society. Now, as a fun little fact, we were chatting just before this morning about self-employed doctors. How silly can it get? Tell, Explain this for <laughs> me. And I find this hilarious because I don't know a doctor who would need this. But anyway, this is something that gives a, a little fun tidbit. Yeah. Again, there's a lender out there who are happy to lend up to 105% of the purchase price if you are a self-employed doctor so what they do is they'll lend 90 or 95 percent on the home as a residential mortgage and then that extra five or ten percent if required they can do as a business loan you're buying a 1.8 million dollar house and your stamp duty ends up being ninety thousand dollars there's 105 percent you can put down zero dollars to buy this 1.8 million dollar house as long as you're a doctor and you make enough money, even though you have demonstrated no ability to save. Personally, I'd be asking where the money's gone. Yeah, because <laughs> Responsible lending. But yeah, the bank's happy to back him in. So that bank, definitely happy based on, I guess, the client. So is your advice today as a broker to all young people uh, coming into out of school <laughs> is to be a doctor, accountant, a lawyer or a physio and you'll, you'll end up with a better rate? I'm going to say no. I think you've got to do what you want to do. I've got a, a good mate of mine uh, who is an accountant, loves it, loves the abigus, loves the uh, debits and credits. But for me, I couldn't do accounting. I definitely wouldn't be an accountant to, to do a 10% nail on my I'll cop the mortgage. Yeah, insurance, fair I enough. <laughs> I think broken's all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sammy, thanks for this uh, nice quick chat this morning and uh, we'll have you in again soon. No worries. Thanks, mate. Okay, so we have spotlight time and we are talking about Balladura. Really cool suburb, not one that you would drive through every day. It's somewhere I think you go when you go and hang out with a mate or maybe a sporting uh, local cricket club or something like that. We've all been to Balladura, but it's obviously got that lifestyle of uh, not being stuck in the city while still also being quite accessible too. To help us out with that conversation, as always, our number one agent is Steve McMahon from Ray White Bursmac in Balladura. Steve, thanks very much for your time. 
Thank you, Trent. Thanks for having me. Tell me something I don't know about Balladura. Well, that's an interesting thing. You just said a lot of people drive by. It is a huge suburb. I don't know if a lot of people are aware. There's something in the vicinity of about 18,500, 18,700, I think. 18,700 people live in there. That is big. That would be top 10. Yeah, 6,800-odd homes in the area. So it is. It is. And it's sort of broken into five areas. Which is um, which has probably got the best kept secret in Perth, and I mean that sincerely. It's an area called the Lakes Estate, part of Balladura. I love it, and it's uh, it's it's the oasis, as they say. It's you know, it's man-made lakes with some magnificent homes, and the interesting thing about Balladura, again, as people will probably not be aware, is that there's two, three types of markets in Balladura. You've got your your your, your bottom end that you can sort of purchase in the vicinity between that three to four hundred range. You got your middle range, and you got your top end where. Just recently, a sale in Bellagia, uh in the Lakes area was just under a million bucks. So I'm sure that would have been more a few years ago too. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, but you, you got properties that back onto the water. You people's you know thousand square meters of, of lot with the backyard being the, the the lake. You know, you you go a long way to get that in suburbia. I tell you what, when I drive through the Lakes Estate, I pinch myself and think, am I in Princeton Estate in Stirling or am I on the river in Claremont? You yeah. know, you've actually yeah. got water backing or water fronting or water backing properties yep. where you could jump straight into the into the lake Absolutely. if you wanted to. Absolutely. And that yeah, that and as I said earlier, that's the best kept secret in Perth. It's it's amazing. And the people that this is a, a raw statistic I just read not that long ago and I can't recall where I picked it up, but there was finding that out of the last hundred sales, seventy three of them are Balladura. So they buy and sell in parts of Balladura, e.g. the bottom South Balladura, move to Central Balladura, who may move to to North Balladura, who intend leaving the lakes. That's the pinnacle. That's the Rolls Royce. That's the endeavour. So it's bizarre. When you look at 73 sales out of 100, all ended up in staying in Balladura. It's like there's a force field. Once you're in, you don't, people don't want to leave. Well, I think once you've found your uh, lifestyle choice, where your family and your friends are, you have to have a really strong reason to leave. Most of the time when people are leaving, it's to try and climb that ladder socially or uh, economically. The cool thing that you're explaining about Balladura is you can do it and stay in the suburb. Exactly. And people, it's only 14 k's out of the city. Now with the new freeway systems that surround Balladura, it's it's so easy to get to the airport, you know, so easy to get to the coast. Three major shopping centres. You've got major schools throughout there. You've got playing fields, swimming pools. Malaga Markets. Malaga, Malaga Markets. <laughs> huge. Yeah. Huge on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. But it's uh, it's massive, and you get your ice skating ring just on the back end of uh, you know the state bar, uh, ice skating ring just at the back end of Balladura. So it has it, it accomplishes a lot. It, it was nineteen seventies, but I don't think a lot of people are aware that where Balladura exists, or more importantly, what it has to offer. Tell me about the Gateway WA project and how that North Link part of it with Hepburn Ave and whatnot has affected the area as well and the accessibility. It's been amazing. It's absolutely, truly been amazing. The the link roads around Balladura are very well thought out, very easy and very accessible to get to. And it's helped with the sales, the sales of, saleability of areas in there because people don't like to be sitting around in traffic lights and hanging around. They want to know they can get into onto a freeway system, get into the airport within 10. They know they can get to the, to the coast in 15. They know they can get into the city fairly quickly. So it's it's very good, very, very well laid out, very thoughtful. And, uh, and it's, you know, some freeway systems are a bit of a hindrance, but I think this one's quite quite effective. So when Balladura was first mapped out, first subdivided as a suburb, can you give us an idea of, or was it young families, what sort of ethnicities we were talking about, and how that's been changing over time? It's amazing. I got a statistic I was looking at only this morning. The average age in the area is 35. 
Hmm. And up to up to thirty five to forty, big percentage of those uh, of the people in there, there's a low social economic area. Eighty percent of them are owners. Um, there's a thousand odd renters in the area, so there's a good cross section of people that come through and out of the area. There's a cultural area, as multicultural area. There's a big percentage of English, uh, Vietnamese, Sudanese. Australians that are living in throughout the area of Valadura, so that makes up the demographics of the area. But the, the freeway systems, as I say, just going back to that, is enormous. And I think that's the reason why people do get in there when they wish to stay in the area, because they like the fact that it's accessibility around. What a double brick homes. Wouldn't see much fibre in Valadura, would you? No. No, very few. Very that's good. a cool part of that is that because these properties are double brick and they're of that vintage now where they probably need a lick of paint and a bit more, they are a great candidate for a renovation especially for that young family looking to maybe make some sweat equity absolutely absolutely that's a very good point you make because that a big percentage of those homes are four bedrooms um big blocks big blocks very big blocks i was actually looking at that 3700 homes are four bedrooms 1900 them are three bedrooms on biggish blocks so the zoning in the area has just changed from the council 17.5-35-40 meaning that you can have a backyard, Bad Lakes backyard, somewhere in the vicinity between 200, 220 squares. Percentage of people are looking at that now because they've had that older home in the area. They now, they, they most of them may own, so they can subdivide the backyard, get rid of the barbecue in the backyard and build a home and move it on. Price points. What does it take to buy a house at the cheapest price point in Balladura? Our median price today is 389000 that's probably the only deterrent of, of the area where the growth of Balladura hasn't, and my new, probably Perth hasn't, hasn't risen either, but growth suburb is negative 6.3%. But that is not a negative. It's a positive from the point of view that when you come in, do your renovations, do your works, do what you have to do to, and subdivide backyards, then make a return out of that. If you can get into the area for 389 and as I said earlier, a million dollar, up to a million dollar properties in the lakes, there's a, it's a cross division. Would you say that most properties on a median side are closer to that median house price or below? Or is, is I mean, it's interesting that you, they've got such a low median house price, but also some very expensive houses in there. What's in between? Can you buy anything for six hundred and fifty grand in Balladura? Yeah, Are you getting absolutely. value there? Or should you rather maybe stay on either end of the spectrum for either the luxury or the budget? No, there's a big percentage of homes that sit in that 550 to 700 range. And again, you can see the sprinkling throughout the North Balladura area, the Central Balladura and the Lakes area. The big four twos, you know, with all the works done, you know, your family games, theatre rooms, uh, pools, spas, workshops, things of that nature. That's, I am finding traditionally over the last sales that we've done over the last 12 months, a big percentage of people are looking for properties in the area of Balladura with workshops. Mm. So they want the land, they want the workshops so they can tinker on their cars in there. So there's a lot of tradies that come throughout the area. And that's a positive. You can't get that in other suburbs surrounding Balladura because just the land's not available. They're or all at that price. Or at that price. Yeah. You've got quiet times to maybe, yeah, tinker on the boat or the car. Exactly. Or the toys. Caravan. Yeah, I could not tell you the amount of people on my database who said, Steve, help me find something that I've got. I can park my caravan, park my boat, yeah. park my fourth car that I'm tinkering with at the moment. Um, it's huge numbers. Yeah, I more think than we start imagined. to make a picture of that archetypal young family with the two kids and the tradie husband who's, who, who, likes his, who likes his toys. And exactly. that you got, look, you've got that accessible option there. Exactly. And at the same time, you've got that uh, builder who's done exceptionally well and he's built his own home at the, at the back of the lakes area there and it, and it would rival any house in Perth. Absolutely. That's exactly, the, yeah, that's exactly how it is. Take me back again. 
who is buying off you right now? If you think your last 10 buyers offer you, how do you characterize them? First home buyers, um, very active, very, very active indeed, the first home buyers. So if I had a percentage of 10 people, seven would be first home buyers, two would be the medium buyer, one would be... Investors are still floating, few and far between, because they can't purchase the price and then get the yield returns on their rent. Mm. So they're out there, they're just nibbling. First home buyers are active because, as I said, and I'll repeat, you can't get into an area like Balladura for the price range under that 400000 430000 in any other suburb and get the size home that people are chasing. So that's why it's making the first home buyers very active. They are big homes. Hey, let's spend a bit more time on the subdivision side. Now, most people in Perth wouldn't know that you can subdivide in Balladura. When the city of Swan changed their zoning a few years ago, it really was all about everywhere else. And uh, you look at their uh, mapping, Balladura was just tacked onto the end. You had to really look for it and go, Jesus, that changes only in Balladura there. Uh, what I find interesting, though, is for me, at least, and you, I hope you would uh, agree with this, Steve, at least in this cycle, I don't see both on a financial perspective, but also on a lifestyle perspective, much reason to be cutting these houses up yet. Oh, a good point, Trent. The the subdivision of the area, and, and it just easily understand what the council are trying to achieve, you know, the, the density areas as such, by having second secondary type two-story home units villas built in their backyards as such is going to help Balladura increase their size and their value and I think that's what the council are trying to achieve. I think they're meeting their density targets that's what I think they're trying to do. I don't think they thought very well through it at (laughs) the demographic of people who want to live in Balladura they're there because they want their space and they like their uh, backyards. But that's but, but you're right. They're seventeen point five. They've got you know, they've got restrictions on them because, as I say, there's there's only a sprinkling of their larger blocks through there. So therefore, therefore, if you're 17, 17.5, 35 or forty, and you need two twenty, two forty square meters with access down the side, the biggest issue that we're finding is the access to the rear. Because most of the houses are pretty big houses. Are they the, the blocks? They spread across the block, not yeah, deep. Exactly. They are wide. Yeah. So therefore, they haven't got. That's the only hiccup, uh, you know, for the amount of people the inquiries I've had for people. Can we do this? And I'm thinking, well, how are we, where are you going to put your garage yeah. or your carport or you whatever? You have to knock the house down and do or, it, or and there's no money to do no that. No money to do that. And so when you explain that to them, they look at you and they think, oh, you know, there goes my, yeah, there goes my dream. That's the difficulty. There's the sprinklings. Uh, there's home out there, of course, but you can't get to the rear. Possibly corner blocks will, will yes. be the first thing to go where you yes. can create two street frontage houses. They yes. might be nice flagship corner towns, townhouses or whatnot, yeah. uh, or just you know, nicer, bigger blocks. Because you've got your around the 700 square metres, that sort of vintage. Exactly. Yeah. And larger, yeah. Yeah, so you're getting there pretty easily, in my opinion, uh, in that yeah. space. But it just, I think it's a matter of right now, most people aren't looking there because they didn't even realise. And so maybe some people that are listening now go, geez, I'll have a look. No one else is looking, I'll have a look. And you, you, you'll find something. But generally, I think you really have to put the case towards whilst there's so many options out there right now in Balladura for good uh, living at a good affordable price, what is a buyer going to want to do a buying the house, the land at the back or the house at the back for that 400s when they could buy something fantastic that's existing with a full backyard and maybe subdivide 10 years from now at that price point anyway? Very, very, very true. That, that, that's exactly what is happening. We've got those two diverse type of people. One is exactly that, the younger family, the first home buyers, with a with a thought pattern or a dream of tomorrow, subdividing. So if I could buy a, a lot today with a with an opportunity to subdivide tomorrow, 
that is a big percentage of people because that's their dream. That's their, that's their goal. You might have a lot of hidden uh, developers in your seven out of yeah. ten owner occupiers there. We're finding now that there's a saturation point of Belgas, saturation point of Nolamara, saturation point of Westminster. So the, the, the developers, investors as such, are moving down the street and that's why Balladura now has got a little bit of a tick because they're looking at it now because those areas I just mentioned are now at saturation points. Yeah. Can't get their returns, as we said earlier in the podcast. Never thought, well, people don't think that Balladura had that. Well, available. Now they're finding that is available. So now, in turn, I think that's where it's going to be big growth. We spoke about the median house price. All right, yes. It was 389 389 Now, this is a tough one for you. Because it's quite low. Yes. I ask every number one agent who comes in here this one question. If you had $389,000 in your pocket, what would you buy? What would I buy in Balladura today? I can get myself a quality three-bedroom, one-bathroom on a decent lot, garage, may possibly a workshop, with a facility tomorrow to put my pool, my spa, my gazebo, so there's growth in the backyard. So as the, the, the younger people today and their families are growing, there's an opportunity to get into that. Then they do their renovations, do their house uh, changes as such, and then they turn that into a four and then reap the reward. Older house, ready for renovation with a land size for lifestyle. Exactly. Uh, easy. easy. Steve McMahon, fantastic chat about Balladura. Thank you very much. We'll have you in again for an update uh, probably uh, in early 2020, I think. Look forward to it, Trent. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!